what is Sally Mae and Lucy Ray going to say about friendship? <laughs> friendship is like sweet, sweet wine. It just gets better with time <laughs> until it doesn't. And then that thing turns rancid and you just throw it out. Just throw it out. It gets all vinegary. That's right. Because you didn't take care of it. You know, you got to take care of them wines that last a long time. <laughs> Well, they don't want no vinegar wine like they gave Jesus at the cross. Mm-hmm. They come talking about that kombucha. That stuff is gross. I love my kombucha. I'm just kidding. I love kombucha. <laughs> Have you been feeling stuck, limited, or blocked in your spiritual life? Are you looking for breakthrough today? We are here creating a safe place to uncover real answers to honest questions. Because this is not just another self-help podcast. This is Life for Your Soul. I'm going to take the initiative this morning. I'm going to say, welcome back. Welcome. I'm going to take Virginia's job today. Welcome back to Life for Your Soul podcast. Here we are. We're giving some life to your soul. And guys, this is a Rayma episode, and it's literally going to be hot off the presses. We were having a conversation right now and just started talking about this, and Rachel was like, here we go. This is our Rayma. This is our word right now. Um, And this actually is... Apropos to our own lives, which I think most Rayma episodes are going to be. <laughs> it's like, what is God doing in Rachel and Virginia's life this week? That's right. Or what we were talking about. Um, so we get, we got started talking about relationships. And friendship. Friendships. And Focusing all. more on friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all those things that are involved. So. so as we get started for our friendship chat, there is a category of friendship that we need to talk about first. So it's part disclaimer and lots of just wisdom. Who should be your number one best friend? Okay, guys. $100, <laughs> the person gets the right answer. No, not really. Um, can you guess? Can you guess? <laughs> your best is bestie. It should be Holy Spirit. That's right. So this is kind of the disclaimer part. As we're talking about friendships, we're going to talk about some dynamic and stuff in between them and different hierarchy of friendship and things like that. But it's important that God is your friend first and that he is your best, bestest, 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 bestest friend. Because at the end of the day, the first person you should go to when you're having a crisis, right? All the things that we call our best friends and we talk about, like that should be God first before Mm -hmm. anyone else. And God in us right now is Holy Spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. So, ooh, so this is a thought that just was revealed to me by the Lord. God needs to be our friend first, right? And we pray to God and we talk to him and we read his word and we kind of cultivate that relationship. But Holy Spirit inside of us, most people I think don't like treat Holy Spirit the same way and think of Holy Spirit the same way as we think of when we're doing our Bible study and we're praying in the morning and things like that. And so like Holy Spirit inside of you is someone that you really need to cultivate that friendship with and build that relationship with. And it like, it just feels different than it would be to just pray to the father. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Holy Spirit is, there's a lot of names for him. Um, but he's the one that sticks closer than, than a brother, but he's also our counselor. Mm-hmm. our advocate. Um, in some ways, Holy Spirit is our boss and leader, but at the same time, he is our, our friend. Yeah. And he's there to support us and counsel us and, 
and listen and be there for us. Yeah. I just feel like it, it, like it's just going to hit certain people differently thinking about cultivating your friendship with Holy Spirit in that part of the Godhead versus God the Father. And this is a whole new concept for you. There is a classic book that has impacted, I don't know, maybe even millions of lives, but at least hundreds of thousands of lives called Good Morning Holy Spirit Ooh, by Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn. Um, that book will slap you across the face <laughs> in a good way because it really reminds you that Holy Spirit is God in you and with you and that, like like the book says, good morning. It's like you get up with the thought of, I'm going to do this day with Holy Spirit. Yeah. So the reason why this is important is that if you, Jesus said, I have, like the disciples wanted to get food. <laughs> They're like, we are hungry. It's getting late. We need to get food. And Jesus goes, I have food you know not of. <laughs> I have spiritual food. You know that one deep friend that you have? <laughs> That's Jesus. And it's a dynamic of when you are spiritually full from the eternal realm, like I'm going back to what we've kind of talked about in context is your spirit man, your inner spirit that's alive to God has connected to the eternal realm. When it has had its heavenly manna, when it has eaten of the eternal realm, when it is full and um, nourished, it has this cascading effect on the rest of your soul. And when that when that's the case, then you operate out of abundance. Mm. And when you operate out of abundance, you're able to pour out and pour into other people instead of needing other people to replace wow. the, the missing God in your life. Wow. So a lot of times talk to some people. <laughs> a lot of people struggle in relationships because they have and they have unrealistic expectations for these relationships because they're looking for a relationship to do what only God can do for them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, if you're coming from a broken home, you have maybe a missing father, a missing mother, or missing both parents. Maybe you had a bad relationship with your brothers or sisters or your cousins. And there's a lot of stuff that's just not right in your life. And the tendency is to try to fix or replace those broken relationships with someone new. So it could be your friends. It could be your future, your spouse, you know, other people. Some people even try to cling to their spiritual leadership. Yeah. In an unhealthy way because they're trying to get um, what only God can give them and repair in them. And healing them from other people. Yeah. So in this context is, you know, if you're going through your friendships, you can just think about who are the people who are close to you? Who are the people that, you know, if something happened or something was super exciting, like who are the first few people that you would want to pick up the phone and call or text and tell them, you know, the news and like just assess where God fits into that for you. Like, is he going to be the first person that you're running to, right? Is your first thought going to be to praise him and thank him for whatever the thing is? Or if you're hurting, to run to him in prayer, you know? So I would just say, like, assess where God is in that kind of hierarchy for you and your friends. And then, you know, just let that be a point of like, okay, I know I need to work on this. I know that this is an area where I can improve in. Or if you feel like he is in right standing and that you are – putting him first 
before your other friends, then just, you know, look at some of those things that Rachel just talked about, right? Like, are you, you know, are you feeling like you are kind of possessive of some of your friends or that you feel like you need more of them than they're willing to offer you and things like that? Because some of those um, attributes can be a flag. Um, Exactly. I think if we could boil it down, because there's a lot of people who have ongoing relationship problems. Like they just... I mean, yeah, people get paid lots of money to be a relationship counselor. There's columnists and magazines, all kinds of things, because just around friendships and relationships, it's a big thing. And there's some people with power and money that they pay people to be their quote unquote friend. Yeah. Because <laughs> they can't have real friends. Yeah. So or, and, and, <laughs> right. And paying people to find someone to go have a relationship with, like matchmakers, right? Like mm-hmm. people who don't have a lot of time, like, I need you to help me find a spouse because I don't even. It's very simple. Like, there's a lot of dynamics to relationships. But if you boil it down to two key things um, that help you have healthy relationships and ward off broken disruptive relationships is one, not having unrealistic expectations for the relationship category. That's good. And two, like I said, like not being in a place of overflow, you're in a place of desperate need. So if you are like a black hole of desperate need, Mm. the relationship is never going to be fully what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It's not going to flourish. Jesus said um, it says it's better to give than to receive. And the people, if you think about the people in your life that you admire the most, that seem to be the healthiest, those are the people who have an outpouring of love. They love other people. They have very little expectation. Um, and when you real, when you keep your ex- unrealistic expectations in check, you're able to just let a relationship be what it's supposed to be. That's so good. So on that note, let's jump into some friendship examples. Yeah, so there's a dynamic in your life where you have you ha- you're going to have some people who God has brought into your life for the for the long haul. <laughs> um, you know, for the long period of time, they're going to be in and out of your life. It's a long-term investment. It's something like you know that 20 years from now you're still going to be calling them up on the phone yeah. or um going on vacation with them or whatever. There's going to be those people. There's those are few and far between. Yeah. I think we would like to have every relationship be eternal like that, but you so you got to keep it in perspective. There's not going to be that many people. Yeah, it's actually quite few. In fact, a lot of these people, your family members end up being these people because you have the tie of family holding you together. (laughs) Yeah, and you're stuck with you. And if you have the blessing of having a family member that you really love and enjoy, like you kind of get that relationship benefit. Right. Then there's going to be people who are there for a reason or a season. I know that's cliche, but oh, it's I honestly, people. I actually haven't heard that before. That's funny. <laughs> um, a lot of people say you got to identify relationships. Are they for a reason or a season? Nice. Um, so reasons, like for example, Virginia and I have super been super temporary, super temporary. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Virginia and I have been friends, but our friendship has ebbed and flowed in intensity. Mm-hmm. And like right now, it's more intense because we have a we have a reason. Right. Like we have the podcast, we have the ministry thing that we're doing with the sevenfold. So that there's a a tie, a glue that brings us together in that aspect. Right. Um, there could be a season. Like there's sometimes where you just live in a specific location or go to a specific church. Yeah. And 
those are the people you're doing life with because that's where you are. God has placed you there. God has placed them there. And there's that camaraderie that happens from location. Yeah. And a time frame. Like if you're in college, like your college friends, a lot of people will be friends for college, but you don't necessarily hold on to those relationships. Same thing with work coworkers. Like you could have a very close friend at, at work, but once that job ends or they leave or you leave, there's no glue holding that relationship in your life. Yeah, man. I, I had a job working at a gym and I was there all the time. And when I mean all the time, I literally like my parents would get in fights because with me, because they thought that I was there. Like I was only home to sleep and then maybe one or two hours during the day. Like I was at the gym all the time and I was there so often and even on my days off and, you know, I would spend all day there that when I left, my boss was like, you know, don't be a stranger. And I was like, how could I ever be a stranger? I'm here all the time. Even on my days off, I come and hang out with the people at the front desk because it's fun. Like there's no way that I'm gonna, I literally haven't been back since I left. <laughs> and that was a huge surprise um, to me. I don't know. At some point, some of my coworkers, previous coworkers might, you know, listen to this podcast, but like, like there's people that, I mean, think about it. You're, when you have the reason or the season, like you could be spending 40 hours a week with someone like yeah. at work, like that's a huge chunk of your time. And you, in, in your mind, you can't think differently. Like you're yeah. like, how could this be different? But then when things shift, you know, um, like you said, it just shifts out of place. Mm -hmm. But here's a caution here or take advantage of the fact that when you do have a season or a reason, fully embrace it and appreciate it for what it is because yeah. it's not going to be forever. But I also don't want you all to be like crying in your soup when a season ends because right. God is moving you. If he's moving you on to another thing, he's going to have new season, new reason friends. Yeah. And as you mature just in your life and in your spirituality, then it's going to become easier to identify what kind of friendships they are. And it'll be easier to appreciate it for what it was and what it is and be able to let go of one to grab on to the new. Mm -hmm. And that becomes easier. Okay. And then um, another dynamic for this is acquaintances – Okay, so we have different categories. So you're going to have people who are pouring into you, people who are kind of leadership, like your boss at work, um, your pastor or leader at church, um, an older mentor, like a parent right, yeah. or aunt or uncle or someone who's older than you. Or like a spiritual parent, yeah. And those people are technically your friend, but that friendship is in the sense that they are pouring into you. Right. And they have kind of an authority or covering over you to where you benefit from receiving from them. Right. Um, but for you to get the best out of that relationship, you cannot be constantly pulling on them. Like you, you have to see it for what it is. Let them be counselors in your life and speak into your life, but you cannot like a baby with a parent, like you can't be constantly pulling, pulling on, on them. Yeah. And, and that's important. I think that's a distinction is like, a lot of people view friendship or the word friendship, they don't think of necessarily this dynamic. They think of a peer-to-peer -peer dynamic, which we're going to talk about next. But in this case, every set of friendships outside of a peer-to-peer -peer friendship, there's a place. Each person has their place. 
and it's always and it doesn't have to be like a, a weird thing or you know a hierarchy thing but like it's important for you to know which position you're in 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 your friendships right because if you are thinking that you're a peer with your leader and you want to pull on them because you think that you're a peer it's like no no you need to remember that they're pouring into you and you need to be kind of thankful for the stuff that you do get. And this is where unrealistic expectations can ruin something. So like if you have, if you can put something in its proper perspective and it's proper, like I'm going to use this phrase, like let it be what it's supposed to be. Like Mm -hmm. don't put your expectations on it. Don't put other people's expectations on it. Just let it be more organic. Let it be what God has called it to be. Yeah. And, and really talk to God about people in your life. Like, who is this person to me? How, what is their position in my life? Um, because if you, you could short circuit a good relationship if you start becoming too needy, mm-hmm. too clingy, too, um, desperate. Like, you know, that creates unhealthy, like for the person to maintain a relationship with you, they need to have healthy boundaries. So if you're violating their healthy boundaries, you're going to short circuit that relationship. Yeah. So not only do you have to have your own healthy boundaries, you need to respect the people in your life, their healthy boundaries. Yeah. And when both parties are respecting the healthy boundaries that are in place, you will have a very fruitful, life-giving, joyful relationship. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then- so peers, so this is the one where like, for example, Virginia and I are doing life together in a sense that like we are at the point where we can counsel each other, hold each other accountable, call each other out on things. Yeah. <laughs> like the Bible, there's a verse in Proverbs or wherever it says that, um, we'll look it up and put in the show notes, but like iron, friendship is like ironing sharp and iron. Like right. it's there to, to make you better um, and to... Yeah, to make you better, to hold you accountable, to, and these are people you have. To, so there's, and in this realm of peer to peer, you could be a season or reason peer. So like a season or reason peer, like season or, for example, reason could be a hobby. Like Paul and I were motorcyclists for, um, and did motorcycling for years, and like we had a whole friend group, peer friend friend group within the motorcycling community. Mm-hmm. Was I going to any of them for spiritual counsel? No, but you know, and honestly, the glue that held us together was motorcycling. Right. So it could be a hobby. It could be, like I said, church. A lot of people you do life with at church, you're doing life with them because you're at church together. Like it's not necessarily that you would get along outside of church or that you'd even choose to be friends. It's kind of like a family dynamic. You don't get to pick your your, your brothers, your sisters, or your parents. It's kind yeah. of like that with church family. Like you don't get to pick who your church family is yeah. other than you pick the church that God, God tells you what church to be part of. And then you engage in that church like it's a family dynamic. Yeah. Um, Where you choose to get along and you choose to work with people. And I think it's good here as well to like, if you're, a, if you struggle with, you know, there's, there's usually that one person who's friends with like everybody. Right. Like they can get along with everyone. They seemingly hang out with everyone. You see them on, you know, social media posting with this person, the next week with that person. You're like, man, they're just friends with everybody. And if you're someone who would see that and think, like, I wish I was friends with everyone or, you know, feel excluded or something like that, just think to yourself, like, in your free days that you have, in the free time that you have, 
would you really want to be investing that much time in all of these people? And because I think a lot of the time, if you're really real with yourself, you're like, no, I don't want to give up. Like, I, I honestly, like, I like that person and I, I want to be friends. Like, I'll be friendly with them when I see them and all that kind of stuff. But I really don't have the time or the desire to pour that much of myself into somebody else. And you know what I mean? And maintain that many friendships. So I think it's also good for people who struggle with that to just put yourself in that position hypothetically and think through, like, would you really want to put that much time and effort into it? Because relationships take time and um, energy and intentionality. Yeah. And, and even people who are social butterflies who are popular or, you know, just have that personality that everyone engages with. If you really talk to them, they're not going to have a huge group of really solid close friends. Yeah. They'll have season and reason friends like, Oh, we like to go to the mall or we like to do social outings together, but it doesn't mean that they're having heartfelt conversations in the middle of the night when something bad happens, you know, right. there's only going to be a few. So, I mean, that's a key distinction. Don't have, don't have unrealistic expectations for a season or a reason friendship to be like a lifelong long haul relationship. Yeah. It's, you know, if you mix those up, then you're just going like, to be disappointed. Yeah. It's like you said, like, let them, let it be what it is, you mm-hmm. know? We can also um, have friendships where we're actually the one that is pouring into someone more, where we take on that. How do I say it? It's kind of the um, mentor. The mentor. Yeah, yeah. Like mentor, discipler kind of relationship. And this is important, guys, because you really need to have all three of these in operation. Um, and this is not a new concept. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard a podcast or a sermon on this subject, but it really is true. You need to have all three going in your life for you to be well-rounded. Um, the interesting example of the Dead Sea, like the Dead Sea has water pouring into it and no outlet. Yeah. So the Dead Sea is just so concentrated with salt that it doesn't produce life. Yeah. And there's no flow through. So when God is pouring into you, there is going to be a dynamic where you need to pour out into other people. It's not, God's not just supplying your needs and giving to you simply so you can be selfish and, and just absorb it all. And, you know, it, it's not just for you. It's for those that he's commissioned you to help. Exactly. And that was the great commission that Jesus gave all of us was to go out and to make disciples. That is, some we have someone who's discipling us and they're pouring into us and we have someone we're discipling and we're pouring out into that person and even when you are having a peer to peer relationship with someone and you guys get to pour back and forth into each other that's still an outlet where things get to pass from like through you to somebody else which is important mm-hmm. and and everyone needs a bit of checks and balances in their life mm-hmm. um and and to be fair Talking to somebody outside your age group or your level. So, like, if you have someone who's pouring into you, that's the person you really want to check um, your ideas and bounce stuff off of because the value there is they'll be able to counsel you and give you help you with discernment. Mm-hmm. And they'll be able to help you with discernment because they're going to be outside of your framework. Yeah. And it's going to be easier for them to look into your life and see where things are not right. Yeah. Than for someone you're doing life with at the same level because you both could be deceived in something. And it's important to like when when you said someone who's older, right? Someone who's older or outside your age bracket, you also need to look too at like, 
older, younger in their life, their stage of life that they're in. You just look at their life dynamic and see kind of where they are because you don't have, it's not like you need to go and find, let's say you're 35 and go find someone who's 45 to have them pour into your life. Like you can have someone who's just in a different circumstance that maybe has more life experience or something like that. And it could be within a realm. Like like if, for example, apprenticeship kind of relationship is like, if you're doing something in your life that I want to do, um, like they used to have, like if you wanted to be a blacksmith, you would apprentice with a blacksmith. Yeah. And that person would teach you the trade. So there's certain things in your life where you're going to be more for the discipleship, apprenticeship stuff is more around a reason. Like mm-hmm. I want to be in the ministry. So someone in the ministry is, you know, discipling me. Right. That's different from having someone wise in your life. Like having someone mm, that's good. who just has the age and experience that's good. that you don't. Um, and so you need to kind of a mixture of that. Like you want to, you want to get someone who can pour into you that is ahead of you in whatever the reason or season. And then you also want that person who's that wisdom and that counsel and just has the life experience and the spirit of Christ in them that can counsel you and you're just how you function in life. Yeah. That's good. Now, if you're the one pouring into other people, Mm -hmm. this is where you really need to know where you're at, have healthy boundaries because you are not God for that person. Like you have to remind yourself, it's not your job to rescue them. Yep. It's not your job to fix them. Mm-hmm. It's not your job to be God for them. It's not, and, your, you know, God. and the other way, like you need to remember that you're pouring into them. So if you're having a crisis, that's not the person you call, mm-hmm. right? Like there are, don't burden your disciples with your issues. Right. Exactly. So th- that's a really big one. I've had, I've had a situation where I felt like, oh, I need to da 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 and go call this person. And Holy Spirit stopped me and was like, you are not only discipling them, you as, as the person who is kind of being the mentor, you're bearing witness to that person. So you have to also be very careful with the things that you're sharing with them and how much you're, how much you're willing to be intimate with that person in a conversation because vulnerability this is like a little bit of a, a side tangent but it important vulnerability and intimacy are two different things you can be vulnerable with someone and share maybe a hurt or a trauma from your past that you're healed from and that's vulnerable to open up and share with that with that person but like if you're having issues in your marriage and you're fighting with your husband that's an intimate conversation you're not going to share that intimate conversation with somebody else in that same way so it's important to know like when you're talking to someone or you need to talk to someone, just remember that you need to go to that either that peer to peer level or you whatever the relationship is where you are the mentee. Yeah. So processing, external right. processing. Um, there's a lot of people they process through talking. And this is where excess external processing can turn into gossip if you're not careful. So true. Like you cannot wow. honestly, you gotta be careful with if you're having an issue with someone, you have to be careful who you process that issue with outside of them. Um, and you have to be responsible because you don't want to. There's been many a relationship ruined when. So let's say I have an issue with Virginia and I'm not being mature about it and I'm not dealing with it directly with her. So I'm processing externally with someone else. We're going to talk about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
if I'm externally processing with someone and I'm only giving them my side of the story mm-hmm. and that could poison their viewpoint of Virginia. Like if I went and complained to them about Virginia and they have a heart for me and they think that Virginia is the bad guy in this situation because of how I'm just relaying the information, it could ruin their perspective of Virginia. Yeah. So if you're a mentoree um, or a mentor, sorry, if you're a mentor, you have to be, you have to hold loosely when people come to you about other people. Yeah. Especially if you're in any level of leadership, because you cannot, you, you have to hear them. You can hear them out. You can manage the situation, but you can't let someone else's offense poison your relationship with someone. Yeah. And it's a fine line to walk because you don't want to shut people down from expressing their emotions and, but you want to help them manage their emotions. You want to help them talk through that stuff and not do not pick up other people's offenses. This is another thing that ruins relationships. Like, cause a lot yeah. of people will be in friendship groups and if someone creates, has an offense with someone, it becomes toxic and then everyone else picks up that offense and then it, it snowballs. Yeah. There's a, there's a law in Bible study. It's the law of first mention where the first time something is mentioned or the first person or thing mentioned in the Bible in a list of things is typically the one that's the most important or the most significant. There's also a same principle in relationships where the first time you hear about something or the first interaction or person you have is going to be more important to you than a secondary. So just like Rachel was saying that she doesn't want to give someone a bad impression of me, it's also important that you do the same thing with your, if you're married or you're dating someone, when you get married, you do the same thing with your spouse. That was like marriage advice that Jacob and I got was like, when you talk to your parents about Jacob, never mention the negative, only mention the positive because you don't want to, they have a way more vested interest in you than they do in them. And they'll view him as the bad guy. And they'll view him as the bad guy and they won't see things like you could totally be the villain, but they're going to stick up for you and not him every day of the week because it's you, right? You are the, you have the vested interest. So in that same way, be careful about what you're sharing and how you're sharing it with people because you might not be the more important person in that relationship mm-hmm. dynamic. Susie might talk to Mary. <laughs> and Mary actually might be best friends with Jenny. And Susie talks to Mary about Jenny. Mm-hmm. And then Mary's like, well, I gotta go talk to Jenny and tell yeah. her what Susie's been saying. <laughs> <laughs> There's this whole dynamic of, yeah, peer groups is hard. Like, even in, in public school, peer groups are hard. Because yeah. like in school, you have a season reason dynamic that's kind of toxic really (laughs) um but everyone's had that situation where something one little comment could be taken wrong and it snowballs so let's rein this back in and go if you need to process with somebody you need to process with holy spirit first it's good so talk to holy spirit about it work it all out with god get your frame of mind in a good place then go to a mentor and who's not invested. Like like I said, if the mentor is outside your peer group, they don't care who the villain and the and the good person is in the situation. Right. They're just gonna hear you out and go, hmm, I don't know, you're sounding a little petty right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> right? absolutely. They're outside of it. They're outside the fishbowl. They're gonna be able to listen to you and be a little bit more objective. And then they can give you counsel in the situation. Do not do that with your peer group who is inside the fishbowl with you 
who are not as objective. No. And also, if you are a leader, it is poor taste and poor practice to burden your mentorees with information they should not have, with conflict that's not theirs to bear. Yep. And you just can't dump on them. Yeah. So that's good. I hope that blesses you. Lots of chew on. (laughs) <laughs> Lots of chewing. And um, one other thing that Virginia and I were talking about before we even started recording is that um, when you know people by the spirit, when Ooh, you recognize yes. them in the spirit, not by the soul, not by their looks, not by their personality, not by their, you know, their charismatic smile, you need to know people by the spirit. And when, and honestly, your, your long-term relationships your mentor relationships need to be with other believers. Mm-hmm. Now, in the in the public space and training and jobs and situation, it doesn't have to be that way. But when we're talking about people counseling you, affecting your opinions, helping you make good decisions, you really spiritually cannot get as much out of an of someone who's not God is not the basis of their life as with someone who is. And then you also need to know someone by the spirit and know, discern their maturity level and their character. If someone has strong character and a good maturity level, those are people that you can engage with and trust long term. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes a while to discover someone's character and level of maturity. And you need to hold things loosely until you ascertain where they're at. Yeah. Right. Don't jump. Don't jump headfirst into a relationship recklessly if you haven't really, you know, given it time to see the fruit on their life, to see, you know, how how they handle conflict, how they handle situations. You know, hold them loosely, love them, um, but don't overinvest in a situation until you know. Also, when God, but there's going to be times where God just puts the right person in your life at the right time, and there's just such favor and chem- chemistry on it that but I'm, I'm saying when i say chemistry i mean like holy spirit chemistry like like you just know that you know that this is this is the right thing for the right time right and there's some people that when they're that kind of person you can drift away from them and come back and it's like time never passed it's like wow you know i haven't seen you in two years but it's like just like old times you yeah, know exactly. <laughs> there's gonna be a situation and there are people in my life that I respect, I love dearly. I think they're amazing, but there's no glue in our life right now to warrant us spending lots of time together. Yeah. Like there's people who I'm like, yeah, if I had the time or the ability, I would so want to be their friend. Um, and I think we'd be great friends, but right now there just isn't anything bringing us together. That's totally okay, right? Yeah. Like that person might be waiting in the wings later on in your life and might come back god might bring them around and you might end up being life friends with them but don't be bent on a shape when it's just it just it's right yeah but what's cool is when you are as a believer alive in god and you recognize someone else like there's just this level of relationship you can have with them that just isn't possible any other way mm-hmm. and and what's so cool about when you engage with someone who's not your family because it's a choice and, the, yeah. you know, like there's something so special about having that bosom friend. <laughs> yeah. Like Anna Green Cables. I just want a bosom friend. You know, but those are few and far between. And just be realistic about it. You know, yeah. like you're not going to have 15 bosom friends. You're not going to have 10 best, deep best friends. 
And it's okay if you have friends that are in different camps. You could have the friend who's, oh, a friend I go hiking with. And then there's the friend I go shopping with. And then there's the friend that I have deep spiritual conversations with. And there's the friend that just comes out and hangs over my house all the time. Yeah. You know, that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to kind of set you free in this area. Like, yeah. Release those unhealthy expectations. Let relationships be where they be what they're supposed to be. Talk to God about every one of your relationships and get a good perspective on what it is. And just hold things loosely because, you know, seasons and reasons change. And if you try to hold on to something past its season or reason, it turns sour. Yeah. It goes from sweet wine to sour. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) And, um, And then the grace is not on it anymore. And then conflict comes. And then there's been a situation, like there was a church that I went to as a teenager before I met Paul or like late teens, early 20s. And God told me to leave that church way before I did. And I stuck around because I'm like, but I like these people. These people are so nice. They're my friends. And that was the only reason why I was staying, not because God wanted me there. He actually wanted me gone. Um, But because I stayed too long, those relationships turned sour real quick. And, you know, I ended up getting, you know, lied on and, and just misunderstood. And it was a whole big toxic situation that happened that never would have come to be if I had just left when God wanted me to leave. So we charge you with that for today. It is a Rame episode. So we just wanted to kind of give that give something for you to think on that we were thinking on and that we were processing as well and share that. But yeah, I mean, Rachel had, you gave a ton of great takeaways and things um, for people to just kind of examine of where they are. And, you know, maybe it's a good time to look at where you are with some of your friendships and are they going to turn sour? You know, maybe not, but just kind of examine them and see where they sit right now. And also just remember you hold the power. The power is in your hands. Mm. Like you can, if you just partner with God in a relationship, he will show you how to turn it around. Mm, And if you're stuck with somebody who isn't, is in conflict with you and there's just, it's just rubbing the wrong way because you're stuck for a season or a reason, talk to God. He will, he will work it out. He will tell you how to engage with that person there's been relationships that were salvaged for me. Like they were so bad, like in such a bad situation at work or whatever. And God, because I gave it to God and I prayed it through, he salvaged that thing. And it ended up becoming a a great relationship when it could have been, you know, disastrous. That's so good. So just partner with him and, you know, think these things through um, and just, you know, trust Holy Spirit to lead you. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Be blessed. Bye. Okay. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. This has been an episode of Life for Your Soul, brought to you by The Sevenfold. For more info on who we are and what you've heard in today's episode, head over to thesevenfold.com. Today we leave you with this blessing from 3rd John. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Until next time, this is Life for Your Soul. There's a spider. There's a spider on the table. Oh my god. He's on this side. He's on this side of the... Oh god, it was a big old spider. I can't see it. He's under the, like...
I think he's, he went around and under the the tablecloth, or he's up in the. I table saw something cloth. out of the corner of my eye up here. And okay, that freaked me out. He's big, old, hairy one. He's a. Cr- oh, oh, oh! I see where he is. I see where he is not big. He's little. Um, freaking me out. Ew, but his little creepy. <laughs> his little things. Are-